This audio production is brought to you by the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Welcome everyone to the Friday night hour from the Islamic Institute of Toronto. My name is Mamoun Hassan and I will be and I'm actually honored to be your host for today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all inshallah ta'ala we have a pack program for you uh, but before we get into our program i do want to let you know about a couple of things that are happening at the islamic institute of toronto so first of all all our classes are in full effect uh, we've started uh, uh part two of two different classes one by sheikh abdullah hakim quick and a second one by sheikh abdul hamid those are all uh uh, part twos of courses that they started from the previous uh, previous semesters and a brand new course by uh, Sheikh Muslih Khan and an ongoing course by Sheikh um, uh, Ahmed Kuti. All these classes are ongoing. They're on islam.ca. You can go ahead and register them. However, we live stream them free of charge for all of you anywhere you are in the world on our YouTube, on our Facebook, and also on our Twitter just in case uh, your social media accounts are being blocked by your worker. I don't know where it is that you're at. So, um, yeah, let's get into today's program. I'm actually quite excited to uh, speak uh, to our guest today. And let me begin by bringing on our khatib for today. And, um, and we'll talk about the Friday khutbah uh, reflections, inshallah ta'ala, which is the first thing we're going to talk about today. And uh, our guest is Sheikh Abdullah Hakim. Quick, assalamualaikum, Sheikh. How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you, Sheikh, and give you Jannah. It was an um, uh, honor to see you today, alhamdulillah, at the uh, Islamic Surf Toronto's uh, Friday khutbah. I'm going to go ahead and actually leave the link for those uh, who haven't watched the actual Friday khutbah itself. But introduce us, Sheikh. Uh, what was your khutbah about today? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu rasulullah wa ba'd. Today's khutbah was what you could call a midwinter pep talk. Uh, because, you know, we are in a very depressed time for many Muslims because there are things happening around the world uh, that are really serious and, and not seeming to get public attention. The whole situation in Afghanistan um, with the starvation and then Yemen and, uh, of course, the ongoing situation in Palestine and India and uh, Uyghur Muslims in China. Um, there are so many areas where Muslims are feeling tremendous pressure. And to add to that, even in the Western countries, um, the recent discussion and near banning of wearing hijab uh, in France uh, for playing sports and you know, the, the French are becoming totally intolerant in the name of democracy, in the name of freedom. So, so, so this for many people is a contradiction, you know, that can cause uh, a type of depression. So, so today, alhamdulillah, um, I wanted to give a pep talk in, in a sense of reminding Muslims who we really are, that we are connected to the last Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and we are the largest Ummah of any Prophet, and there are so many blessings uh, in, in being Muslim, and what is happening to us today in the grand scheme is part of a test. This is not, a, this is not something by chance, this is by divine uh, providence that has happened, this is the actual will of Allah, and, and we have to be strong enough uh, to face this. Barakallah, Fiqh Sheikh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And certainly, uh, it, you know, you tied it very well, um, speaking of the actual, uh, <laughs> really, the weather itself that we're going through and the difficulties in itself. Today was one of the coldest 
uh, I think it's one of the coldest days of the year, for me at least. I haven't been out <laughs> and about about it. Uh, but talk to me about how you tied that down to Asia. Yes, so to, to, to add to the woes you know, that Muslims have, uh, the weather. The weather is, has really struck people here in uh, Northeast uh, America, in, in Canada, and even Toronto in particular. And I was looking at the international um, uh, weather uh, forecasts, you know, and the actual temperatures in some of the great cities of the world. And I noticed that we were probably one of the coldest cities of the major cities in the world below the Arctic Circle. I mean, mm -hmm. even Moscow was minus uh, seven. You know, whereas we were clocking in. That's because they're quite warm compared to us. Yeah, we had minus 17 we were clocking in. Of course, if you go north, you'll get colder than that. But for the major metropolises, uh, this is a serious thing. And Muslims tend to, in the winter, um, sort of like check out. They phase out. They get frozen, you know, and don't remember their connection uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the signs that even the cold is giving. When the heat comes when it's a really, really hot day, then people will say, subhanAllah, Jahannam is going to be worse than this. And um, they tend to remember uh, the hereafter, you know, when they feel, you know, that the heat blowing in. But many people are not aware of the fact that the bitter cold is actually part of Jahannam. And there is a section of Jahannam, uh, of the Zamharia, um, you know, there are actually things that people will be drinking in hellfire, which are really bitter type of liquids, something like you call hot ice. So it looks like ice, but it actually burns you. And, and so as we are facing this cold, you know, and as the wind touches our face and you feel your cheeks burning from the cold, we need to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We, we need to remember uh, that, that this is part of the universe and it is connected to the next life. It's connected to Jehennam. And um, for those who want the details, you can go into the khutbah and see uh, some of the details in terms of the ayahs in, in the Quran and the sayings of the great ulama. But, you know, it, it, it is amazing how in all temperatures, all climes, all circumstances, you know, believers are called upon to remember the creator of the heavens and the earth, and to strive uh, to do what is right, to stand up you know, for Islam, and, and to give that feeling of resistance you know, and not bending over to secularism and injustice that we face to the younger generation. So that really was the spirit you know, of the khutbah today, to try to revive people uh, uh, in this weather, because I noticed that a lot of people were sitting uh, in the masjid, and they were like frozen ice cubes uh, sitting there. So I wanted to sort of warm them up on this Juma day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you and I and everyone uh, from the hellfire uh, and, and uh, Jahannam, inshallah, Sheikh. Barakallah, uh, inspirational khutbah as always. Um, and we look forward to seeing and hearing more of you, inshallah, Sheikh. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, I actually did go ahead and send out the um, the link to the actual Friday khutbah, make sure you actually go ahead and check out that Friday khutbah before you leave us today. Barakallah fiqh, Sheikh Abdullah, inshallah, we will see you another time, inshallah. Sorry, wassalamu alaikum.
Perfect. And that was uh, Sheikh Abdullah Hakim. Quick, uh, Sheikh Abdullah is the um, one of our senior imams and lecturer at the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Uh, he delivered today's khutbah and that was his reflection on it. This audio production has been made possible by the contributions of people like you. Please consider making a donation. Our virtual line collection is now open at www.islam.ca forward slash donate. All right. Uh, to our main topic for today, inshallah ta'ala. And uh, so this is a topic that we actually talked about a couple of days ago as well, where we were mentioning some of the uh, acts that are happening around the world to actual to Muslims and so on. Now, uh, India has been uh, really, I guess, really like on the tongue of every single Muslim and uh, because of the actual events that are happening in there. Sheikh Ahmed Kuti a couple of weeks ago delivered a khutbah as well about... Um, a, a meeting that really happened at the Congress uh, at that time where uh, there was an open call to getting rid of Muslims in, uh, in India at the time. Uh, and yet we didn't hear any sort of condemnation from the actual Indian government or from the prime minister or anybody as such. Uh, today with me, inshallah ta'ala, and let me just go ahead and bring him on, is uh, our brother Taha Gayur. He is the... Uh, Executive Director for Justice for All Canada, and uh, he's taken on this uh, really a, a major campaign here, which is a campaign called Save India from Fascists. Let me go ahead and bring him on, inshallah ta'ala, so we can talk about this campaign of his. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala, brother Taha, how are you? Good. Walaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Nice to have you uh, have uh, be on this show today. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and give you Jannah. You are doing a lot of great work, mashallah. You're keeping yourself busy. As um, as always, actually, I don't know if I've ever known you not to be busy. Mashallah. Doing our bit, that's it. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept, inshallah. Mm-hmm. But Tahir, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in India. This is, honestly, I just kind of want to talk. So a lot of Muslims know about, uh, I, I, I want to say about like the recent events that are happening right now. But, you know, frankly open, like just like from back in the days. What happened to India? India was supposed to be established on the basis of being a secular country that's going to be able to combine all these great different, uh, different uh, religions, different ethnic backgrounds, different. And um, we noticed that little bit by little bit, it has just it's just moving in this direction that we are not even sure if it recognizes the direction. I don't know if you want mm. to comment on this or not. Tell us what's going on. You're right. I mean, uh, since. 2014, since the election of the current BJP uh, government, uh, which uh, essentially is a government that uh, uh, supports, glorifies uh, Hindutva ideology, um, essentially a political wing of Hindutva ideology and RSS. Um, unfortunately, since that time, uh, definitely Muslim uh, minorities, Muslim minority as well as all other minorities, Dalit minorities, uh, Dalit uh, Christians, Sikhs um, have been under a lot of pressure, and in fact, we're talking about now persecution. Um, so it's been—it's not something that just happened yesterday. It's been good six or seven years in making, as eight years now in making. More, uh, and on top of that, um, most people don't know or are not aware of the fact that um, this—the seeds of this—you um, know. Now, all, all open call uh, call for genocide uh, were laid actually back in year 20, 2001, 2002, when, of course, uh, the current prime minister, Narendra Modi, was uh, a minister. 
um, uh, uh, of a state in India called Gujarat and was, uh, you know, uh, responsible for you know, pogroms uh, and, uh, you know, open attacks and violent attacks against Gujarat Muslims uh, that cost at least 3,000 lives. And when, and just like right now, he has never commented on it until a point when he did comment, for instance, on what was going on, he actually called them, uh, uh, called Muslims a bunch of dogs, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, his silence speaks uh, louder than, uh, than really anything at this point. It's very obvious he's complicit in this. And so what has happened, as you mentioned, is over, over the last uh, few days, especially, there have been multiple calls to uh, for genocide of Muslims. And part of, uh, and this is organized by le Hinduja leadership uh, across India, uh, more specifically December 17 to 19. This is where, and this in the place called Hurdwar, you know, a Congress or Parliament was uh, it was gathered where top some of the top BJP leaders leaders were there and of course um, uh, Hindu leaders were there and what did they basically call for they called for killing of two million Muslims just like Rohingya were killed by Myanmar government um, and that's open call to genocide and idea is to force the 200 million Muslims out of India because they don't belong there. Because according mm -hmm. to Hinduism uh, movement, uh, is their ultimate goal is to establish um, Hindu Hindu uh, Rashtra, which is basically Hindu nation, which is exclusive of all these minorities. And um, they're calling for um, uh, you know basically they announced a 10 million, a 20 million, sorry, 10 million rupees award uh, or reward to anybody who is arms themselves and actually goes out and commits suicide uh, to get rid of Muslims in this country. Hmm. Allahu Akbar. So, uh, but, but this is actually really strange. Uh, so, so the, the end result of this is basically is like, because like, let's talk logically, you can't kill uh, all the Muslims in India because there's too many of them. Uh, so is, is the idea to just basically cause enough ruckus for them to leave the country itself? Is there a plan for them? Uh, like what is actually, what's, what's the logic behind this, if you don't mind me asking? It's hard to tell what the actual ultimate goal and logic is. Mm -hmm. I promise there is really no logic, but what is obvious is that uh, they have already demonstrated what they're able to do in uh, the state mm -hmm. of Assam, uh, which led uh, Genocide Watch to issue a second, um, you know, uh, alert, a genocide alert. Uh, the only country in the world that actually ha has currently has two genocide alerts in place against it. One is because of what's happening in Kashmir for the past three years, especially. Um, and now uh, recently in the state of Assam, which is the second, which has the second highest Muslim uh, uh uh, Muslim population, uh, a state mm. that has a second highest Muslim population, and they're demonstrating what we can do to a couple of million Muslims. Uh, and uh, already, uh, what's obvious and and no unknown fact is that their detention camps or internment camps or whatever you want to call them already built. And what did they do? They weaponized the uh, discriminatory uh, citizenship acts which the BJP government introduced, which directly impacts. Muslims and excludes everybody else and in fact other minorities even are not impacted because of it essentially um, Let's talk about that a little bit. So sorry if you just want to break down for me that that citizenship law because I, a lot of people are hearing about it I'm hearing a lot of talk about it. So what did this law essentially do? 
Yeah, so I mean, there is a CAA and then there's NRC. And the idea here is that, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that are, that are connected to it, which is that, first of all, everybody has to go through uh, this national registry. Everybody has to be registered as a citizen. citizen. Now, these uh, Muslims who have been uh, of Bengali origin in, Assam, in the state of Assam, for instance, who have been here at least for 50 years, um, they are citizenships. Their children, grandchildren have grown up here. They have citizenship documents. They were uh, uh, in that state. The government decided to actually run a whole, pro, uh, you know, uh, do this whole national registry. And what they found, interestingly, is that in that uh, while many if while most muslims actually had their uh, documentation of course some didn't there's so many hindus who didn't so then they said okay you know what let's scrap that now after they did that whole review and one of the things that actually came out of that was uh, that those who did not have uh, documentation and registration or did not have uh, citizenship proof um if you're hindu or sikh or dalit you are actually uh, able to reapply under, you know, uh, another, uh, uh, you know, policy, uh, another uh, act, which only ex exclusively, uh, you know, excludes basically Muslims. Um, so you mm -hmm. cannot come back and become a citizen of India uh, at all. And that's only you, the Muslims. The rest of them mm -hmm. can actually reapply if you're especially coming from Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh uh, as a refugee and you can come back and claim your citizenship. This is how the excluding Muslims, and these are the Muslims who are going to end up in these internment camps. So essentially, what they're saying is that uh, if you are Hindu, if you are if you are non-Muslim, you can claim to be Indian, and we will give you the citizenship. Uh, if you are Muslim, regardless of how long you've lived in India, regardless of how many generations you have uh, lived there, you cannot become uh, an Indian citizen anymore. Uh, if you can exactly if you can't prove your citizenship and of course there'll be mm -hmm. other things that will come up in future which will which can invalidate your citizenship god knows but yes that's basically uh, the criteria and, and india is and, and india is huge right like i mean <laughs> you talk about it in terms of the actual number of of muslims and a number of people and it's not you know as as um you know I, honestly i like as much as i try to read about it as, as many people as i know about it india is such a large place uh, with such vast like differences in the style of, of lies like you you'll find people who, who've been there for so long of a time living there and everything else without any paperwork to actually prove the fact that they exist actually even exist on the face of of the earth there's millions of people really in a sense mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um so this is a really really problematic um, i guess uh, law for it all right, so let me take you back now. Uh, let's come back here to Canada. So uh, one of the initiatives that you guys started out here for, and I actually just want you to introduce Justice for All Canada uh, as, a, as an actual organization, uh, first of all, because this is just one of the campaigns that you guys are running. So if you just, let's talk about the organization first of all, then I want to talk about the campaign sure. and you're running specifically on India. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, Justice for All is a Muslim human rights advocacy organization that focuses on um, fighting for the rights um, and to end genocide uh, involving minorities around the world and in particular Muslim minorities. And it started off uh, 30 years ago in, uh, in, in Chicago with Bosnia Task Force, uh, you know, dealing with what was happening in Bosnia at the time, the Bosnian genocide. And uh, over the years, we have uh, worked on various campaigns. The, the last uh, decade or so we have uh, in Canada in particular, uh, we had Burma Task Force focus on Rohingya Muslims and then uh, Save Uyghur campaign lost, launched about four years ago. And uh, unfortunately, 
after that in 2019 we had to launch free kashmir campaign as well as save india from fascism campaign and more recently about a year ago we launched sri lanka task force other than that we also do some solidarity campaigns on uh, issues that matter uh, to other minorities for the, whether it's indigenous uh, you know uh, people in canada or palestinian cause and this is, a, you know, like we can honestly have a, a, a an episode on each one of those campaigns that you're actually running. Unfortunately, that's the case. It's not really a, a good thing, but there's lots, uh, lots of work to be done there. Um, so let's zero in on the actual the Save Canada. Uh, so, sorry, Save India from Fascist uh, campaign. Uh, this is a, um, let's talk about what are the demands for this campaign itself? What are you trying to do here? So, I mean, there are short-term goals and there are long-term goals, and uh, there are, of course, priorities within each of those categories. But the, the short-term asks uh, for us, um, or let's say short-term goals, being one is, of course, to simply educate uh, Canadians and, of course, Canadian Muslim community and uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, Indian uh, in Canadian Indians or Indo-Canadians um, uh, or people of Indian origin specifically in Canada, uh, about what's happening, uh, you know, in, in that part of the world that they care about, uh, or even if they don't care about it, they should care about it. Indian uh, Muslims in general should care about it because India has more Muslims than majority of Muslim countries in the world. Um, 200 million Muslims, and they are currently in a state of terror. And according to Prof Professor Greg Stanton, uh, who uh, from Genocide Watts, he said that we should be crying genocide for india right now um so that being said uh we are trying to in the short term we are trying to get the canadian government to break its silence it's been three years since the discriminatory laws were introduced specifically the caa and rc as i mentioned citizenship laws uh which are really one of the first steps uh, systematic and systemic ways of basically discriminating against any minority um Canadian, Canadian government has not spoken a word. Uh, all these foreign ministers over the past four years have not said, said a word about it. We want uh, Justin Trudeau and Canadian government to make noise about this uh, and call out Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi uh, on this. Number two, we want to make sure that the, uh, our government does not become, uh, uh, you know, essentially uh part of uh this call to genocide by uh and 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 be complicit in these human rights violations by re-strengthening and re-engaging um this new uh this pact that has been around or this bilateral relationship uh with india that has been around for a long time that sorry that has been there in the past and the idea is to revive it which is basically uh what they call it sepa um and uh we, we want canadian government uh, to not get into any trade or defense or any sort of um, agreements with Indian government with, uh, uh, unless, until unless we ensure that human rights are at the forefront uh, and at the center of these uh, these demands and this relationship that they're trying to engage with. So we are that's these are some of our demands. Uh, what we're looking for is, of course, Canadians and, of course, Canadian Muslims to... Uh, 
to call uh, to uh, educate themselves first and to educate their fellow Canadians about what's happening. Um, let you know, learn about what is Hindutva and what is the difference between Hindutva and Hindu. Hindus are peace-loving people. Majority of Indian uh, Indians are Hindus, um, and and they've lived for for a long, long period of time. Uh, you know, Muslims, yeah. Right. So yeah. th these are some of the things. Education is one thing, but then advocacy is another thing. And I can get into specifics if you want at some point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate that because I, I like how you're breaking it down for those of you who actually are looking to uh, to uh, uh, be a part of this campaign. To actually just take a look at some of the details. I've actually gone ahead and, and, and I posted the link to the Justice for All Canada, specifically the actual Save India campaign uh, page here. Um, and there's three options here. Uh, one of them, the, the important one here is basically to sign the petition itself uh, and then to be able to uh, uh, email the, the, the prime minister. Uh, and be able to uh, email your um, your member of parliament as well. So those are you know <laughs> um, three actions that you can immediately uh, go ahead and take on there, inshallah. All right, so um, make a call. Uh, let's call to action. What would you like people who are watching us to do today? Well, those of you who are watching, uh, as as Sheikh uh, Ma'moun just mentioned, uh, there are these very specific actions you can take. And so my thing is you can do two, you can do three things. Number one, educate, as we talked about. Number two is advocate, which is what, uh, uh, you know, Imam Ma'moun just mentioned, which is go to Justice for All Canada website. Uh, you And there are three of, two, at least three things right there. If you want to volunteer as part of that, uh, get get in touch with us by emailing us at info at justiceforallcanada.org. We have a whole team now working on this as, as, a, as a team. We are actually mobilizing our community to take action on, on various fronts at different levels, whether it's social media or uh, or actually just making noise uh, out there on the street about this. And of course, educating uh, and advocating to our uh, MPs and so on. And the last is, and then the third item is to donate. Uh, all this work requires a lot of effort and time and expertise, and this requires your contributions as well. So educate, advocate, donate. It's easy to remember. You can do all of that by going to justiceforallcanada.org. Jazakumullah mm -hmm. And that's uh, just uh, wonderful. So um, what I want to do here is I sort of want to tell also people, how do they get a hold of you? Like I'm, uh, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give everybody here your Twitter handle real quick. I'm just actually going to lock that on here real quick. Um, but how can people get a hold of you besides Twitter? Yeah, you, the, you can email me actually. Um, uh, my email, uh, you can reach me at T-A-H-A at justiceforall.org, T-A-H-A at justiceforall.org. Um, that's probably one of the direct ways of getting hold of me. Twitter is a great option or Facebook as well. I would love to connect and see anybody who is interested. We'd love, love to connect with you to see whether you want to volunteer or be an advocate or an activator. We have different levels of engagement where we can definitely benefit from your expertise and time. Jazakumullah uh, Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. I apologize. Justiceforall.org. Org. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Or, all right. All right. Let's, let me fix that. No problem. <laughs> okay. So it's .org. Okay. So the first one is Taha Gayur, uh, which is at Taha Gayur. This is the, your Twitter account. Uh, but then you can also email him directly, inshallah ta'ala, uh, right 
uh, this email here, Taha at justiceforall.org. Did I spell everything proper? Taha, man, I really appreciate uh, all the work you're doing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. May Allah Azza wa give you, um, like, just honestly, more than you even expect. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the work for you, to bless your time, and to bless your family, inshallah. And, uh, um, yeah. Uh, well, we this is all teamwork, and you're part of the yeah. team. All of us are doing our Absolutely. bit. Thank you so much. May Allah bless IAT and your work and, and, and really uh, enhance the, the impact that you guys are having on in the community. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. Jazakallah khair, inshallah. And we'll call you on for the other campaigns, inshallah. So there's a lot of work to be done, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum. So that was our brother Taha Ghayur. He is the executive director for Justice for All. Um, and uh, we talked today about the Save India from the Fascist uh, campaign. This is one. This is only one of the many campaigns that they're actually working on here. So for those of you who are watching us, Jazakumullah khair, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. I want to let you all know that we restarted our semester. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So there are classes that you can just, just we've got about 60 classes that you can actually take on uh, Islam.ca, uh, our website. Uh, at least five of those are live programs that you can actually log on and talk to the teachers or talk to the shiuch and be able to communicate with them, ta'ala. but so many of them are actually uh, on-demand courses and courses that have been pre-recorded from before. 60 courses at least. Uh, some of them are on fiqh, some of them are on usul al-fiqh, some of them are on tafsir, some of them are on ulum al-Quran, ulum al-Hadith. It's just, honestly, and you can just do them from the comfort of your home. You don't have to go anywhere. Uh, you just watch the courses themselves. You do the quizzes and uh, immediately you attain that knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you for all of that, inshallah. And until I see you again, inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. May Allah will give you guys Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has gathered us here today, gather us all of us, inshallah, in Jannah. Until I see you next time, inshallah, my name is Mamun Hassan and it's been my pleasure to be your host. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala barakatuh and I will see you another time, inshallah. You have been listening to an audio production by the Islamic Institute of Toronto, Education for Virtuous Living. Please visit our website at www.islam.ca.